I'm just very excited, guys, uh, to have this guest on a show. Uh, we are familiar with each other a little bit, as we spoke previously for, you know, we had a phone call with this man, had a great time talking with him. Again, he didn't have this fancy studio behind him, you know, at that time. So this is, this is very cool, very awesome. I love that. Again, as I said, you know, this is just lacks the presence now no, the professionalism. No, man, like you, you <laughs> should see where I started. I had just a laptop in a spare bedroom with like, yeah, yeah. you know, like it was set up so bad. I mean, I had people telling me like, why, how can you have all these really important guests on your show? And you're like broadcasting from a room that's got like, you know, the, the blinds aren't even set up and it looks so ghetto. Oh, come <laughs> yeah, on. Man. You it's, stepped it's up, man. Fast. You stepped up a big time. As, as you see here, like, again, for some of you who are watching this and you never met Ruben, so I'm going to introduce you. I'm just going to read a, a little bit bio about himself. This is Ruben Greth. He has his own podcast, as you see in the background. It says Capital Razor Show. So this is his uh, show about raising capital, multifamily syndications, and his intention is to learn best practices from successful syndicators where you have all these big players in the game. He's a capital manager for Bakerson and Dust Marketing, brand awareness and capital raising for the company who has purchased 850 units real estate in Arizona, uh, many through syndicating apartment communities. Uh, so he originally got started in multifamily deals in Phoenix during the real estate crash. Hold on. Did I just skip something? It looks like nah, you're, you got it, man. Yeah. So basically, yeah, what, what, what I'm looking here in the bio and I skipped the most important thing because you raised 650K of joint venture money through social media to buy multifamily deals in Phoenix. That's what I wanted to say. So we're going to be talking, you know, covering some, you know, great topics. I love it. During the yeah, real estate man. crash, most important, you know, throughout like very tough periods, he flipped all those small deals for profit, but would be a millionaire now if he kept them. So, man, I, I got so many people saying like, if I just kept the deals that I, you know, sold, I would be like, but you just need to scale, right? You need to scale in the business. And he has bachelor's degree from Arizona State University in chemistry and Spanish. So I don't know if that helps you in syndication, but here you go. Here you go. Represent. Arizona State, baby. Arizona State. Yeah, man, thank you so much for having me on the show, man. I'm so excited to talk about raising money. And I'm no, no crazy, like really brilliant individual when it comes to raising money. I started my show so that I could learn from people that know this business way yeah. better than I do. And I love coming from the approach of, you know, when I'm doing the show, I'm, I'm sitting there learning. And I think the audience also wants to learn. So we get to learn together. Yeah. And hopefully I ask good enough questions and make it entertaining. But man, thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I love what you do with the podcast, by the way. You know, like very professional, having all these sophisticated people asking great questions. So like kudos to you, man, like really great podcast. And you guys should, should go and check it out. Capital Razor Show. It's available iTunes, uh, I'm sure SoundCloud, all over the place. Just go and find it. Again, Bakerson.com. That's Bakerson.com. Go to the website and check the available offerings, deals, and anything that you want to know, real estate. So coming back to you, Ruben, um, for the people, again, who are seeing you first time, maybe you can tell your story a little bit. How did you end up being in this position and learning from all these big syndicator players and you know getting involved into real estate now? I mean, what happened? <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I, I really like talking about mindset on my show and how the mind develops and what the mind needs, you know, particularly when it comes to sub subconscious and manifestation. But so I knew at a young age that I wanted to be in real estate. My father was an investor. He, he passed early, but um, he didn't make money as a doctor. He had a pro professional practice downtown Phoenix, Arizona. And he used to always tell me and take me to his properties and be like, I make my money from collecting the rents. You know, I don't make money from, from the business of being a doctor. So when I graduated college, I was like, well, how do I, how do I figure this out? You know, I didn't have any, he was no longer around and I didn't know where to get started. So I got into mortgages, found out that that was not a business for, for learning how to invest in real estate, rather just how to become a sales professional. Yep. And then I found a company that taught real estate education and I was going to sell their products. And one of the ways that I did that was by starting a meetup. So I'm not sure if meetup is big in Ireland, 
but over here we used it effectively to just get reunions together, get a bunch of people in the room. And I used to talk about real estate, not very similar to the show where I was interviewing people, not providing value myself because I was always wanting to learn. And this guy comes up, you know, moves here, moves from, to Phoenix from San Diego with the bankruptcy and started buying all these fourplexes. And I'm like, how are you doing that, man? How are, how are you financing this? He's like, I'm not, I'm not financing. I'm raising capital for them. And, and then, you know, I started to try and learn about how he was just acquiring them because I'm surrounded with all these people in this real estate education background that are declaring, yeah, you know, we teach real estate. And I was finding people outside of that community that were doing more real estate than in that community. <laughs> you know, at, at the time, I think that company was still developing and evolving. But so I got him to agree to let me film him at his projects. And without ever asking for money, I would shoot these very raw YouTube videos. And I just put some like rap music in the background, not realizing at the time that I was creating what is, what is now known as a thought leadership platform. Okay. <laughs> where you interview people and you ask them about how they did something. And then he would basically go into how he found the property, how he um, raised the money for it, what he was going to do to tenant occupy it, how he was going to analyze it, what he was going to do to reposition it and how he was going to get it back on the market and how he was going to do it very fast and effectively, mm -hmm. you know, and how his business was evolving. And by doing this and just sharing information about what he was doing and and I ended up becoming his partner because I was, I was uh, effective at raising capital, just posting videos about what he was doing. And people would reach out. They're like, hey, we really like what you're doing. We see that it's an opportunity right now during the crash. You say, you mentioned that it was a very difficult time, but it wasn't difficult if you were buying. It was difficult if you were selling. You know, people were finding stuff here, fourplexes and units in, in Arizona at that time for $20,000 a piece, which are now worth about five, six, seven times that much. Mm -hmm. And the rents haven't really, you know, gone up too much since then, I guess maybe a little bit they have actually, but so we would find these units, purchase them at $20,000. We'd offer people an opportunity, you know, once we would meet them, take them to the properties, have lunch with them, discuss our business model and and we'd let them touch the property and we'd offer them an opportunity to invest with us. And a lot of times they would say, uh, uh, you know, I'm not ready or whatever excuse they had. And we'd go ahead and buy it anyways, you know, and then we'd come back to them a week later and say, yeah, we're already sitting at a 50% equity position and cash flowing astronomically. And they'd be like, oh, I can't believe I missed that deal. So they would get in on the next one with us. And, um, my partner, unfortunately, he's like, Ruben, you're so good at this. You got to do this full time, you know? So uh, we don't need two people finding and acquiring deals. You focus on the marketing side of things. So I did. I focused on a couple of things we were going to do, create an email drip campaign, and then we were going to create a circuit to go travel the country or at least locally and teach people our business and write a book. And I even hired this a producer to come fly in from out of state. He brought in a film crew and then my partner, because he was so busy, uh, he was so leveraged by the uh, contractors he was trying to micromanage that he wouldn't show up. And I had this money invested in, in him to grow this marketing side. And then we started getting into disagreements about him not showing up. So we ended up parting ways and I disappeared off the block. I was nowhere to be found. I went back to corporate America and could not handle being behind a desk. So eventually I quit, took off to Mexico. Fortunately, I met a woman that turned out to be my wife down there and then came back to the US and was like, man, all I know is fourplexes. I got, I got to come up with a plan to buy more, right? So I wrote this, this vision down that I would acquire and double my portfolio one fourplex at a time until I had 32 fourplexes or a total of 128 units. Because I knew that on the way of evolving to get that particular portfolio, I would build the equity and probably have enough cash flow to set me free financially for the rest of my life. And I approached somebody with this plan and they said, why don't you just buy it? And I'm like, what do you mean? Just buy the 128 units right now. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. I can't do that. What are you talking about? They're like, 
There's this thing, it's called multifamily syndication. It's a team sport. You don't have to do this by yourself and you don't have the traction to go out and do this by yourself because this is a team sport. Multifamily is a team sport. And I sat back and was like, wow, man. And I started studying it. I started going on podcasts, reading books, interviewing gurus, interviewing programs on how to be effective in multifamily syndication, how to learn it and who to surround myself with. And in this process of interviewing people, I came across Bakerson. So Bakerson is a multifamily syndication firm here in Arizona that's purchased uh, 860 units, like you mentioned earlier. Thanks for, for giving them a shout out. And um, I told them that I wanted to learn multifamily syndication, was interviewing them, and they turned it around on me. They said, well, why do you want to do multifamily syndication? I'm like, well, I, I see, you know, uh, multifamily and real estate is an opportunity to self-actualize, to provide for my family and create generational wealth. And I like this tool. My father was an investor. I feel very attracted to it. If I'm ever at a closing title, like I have been back during the crash, I get a massive adrenaline rush from signing that paperwork and saying, hey, I'm an owner of real estate now. So this, these are all attractive qualities. And I raised money back during the crash for real estate. And just through social media and they're like what we need somebody like that on our team and they brought me on board and that's that's how I ended up here after a big period of time I think four five six years without having any background in real estate or any time spent in real estate better said um, they brought me back on board and brought me back into this world of, of real estate and multifamily and it's a very exciting place to be man yeah yeah great story by the way you know it's i mean it's still it still continues man the journey has just started i mean to get it to really the place because because i'm sure you have big big goals you know and we're going to discuss some of those things as well you know again i just love you know to hear those stories and again people i, th I think feel the same you know would there be an advice and if there is what type of advice would you give for people again similar situation you know working full-time job again like nine to five nine to twelve i don't know long hours but they're looking to get involved into real estate either from active or passive standpoint like what would you tell these type of people man i would the first thing i would say is know what you want because there's so many people that go through life not knowing exactly what they want to create. They ask me questions like, hey, you know, I, I like what you're doing in investing. I, I want to buy a house. And I'm like, well, how big of a house? And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Or, or how much money do you want to make? Oh, I haven't really thought about that. And they don't really have any clarity of mm -hmm. what they want to create. So the first thing actually boils back down to a word that we used earlier, which is mindset and clarity of purpose and without those things it's very challenging to like if you don't know where you're where you're going you're never going to end up at that destination so i would say get very very clear like i wrote down my goal to acquire 128 units and that goal has evolved but the past the passive income that i wanted from it which was $25,000 a month that has not changed and the universe, when you continuously focus and drive things into your subconscious brain through auto-suggestion and through repeating things and from praying from a place of gratitude as if you have the things that you want to attract to yourself, and you have to have a very clear vision of what that is. Once you have that and, and basically project that out to the universe, and if you're passionate about it and it aligns with your higher power, then the universe will start to conspire on your behalf to get those things in place and put you in partnerships with people that can get yep. you there. But without that vision, that will never happen most likely. So I would say first become very clear about exactly what it is that you want, how much you want, and then somehow, some way, if it's in alignment with you, the universe will conspire on your behalf and make those things and present opportunities for that to happen. So Got I would it. say start there, start there. It's all in the mind, man. Invest yeah. in your brain. But yeah, the, the rest of it is easy. It's semantics. It's, it's reading. It's uh, finding people that are in that business. Even if, if you don't live in the same place, same country as them, even you can start learning from these people, uh, information, technology, uh, podcasts, online books, audible. If you need, if you're an audio person, all that stuff's available to you at very inexpensive prices.
Yeah. And then like the boot, the boot camps and the gurus that can be an effective strategy, um, but it's not necessary. And, and I don't have any problem with it. I think if, if it gets you to go where you need to go, then by all means do it. But if you can find a way to be self-motivated by having clarity of thought and clarity of purpose, like they talk about in Thinking for Rich, the book, then you can figure it out on your own. You know, if you're very passionate, all of that, re all of the resources that you need are all free online or, or at your even bookstore, at your local library even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a network, network, network. Network like a madman. Yeah, definitely. Your network is your network, right? So, you know, for the people, again, who are watching, and again, because if, if you love, you know, the mindset thing, we can go and discuss a little bit more because, again, it, it comes it comes down to that. Like, you know, I just see the book that, that my wife reads. It's, it's about, you know, the mindset. Like, probably the, except these books behind me, the majority of the books that I have is going to be about the mindset. Like, all the people that I had on the show, you know, prior to yourself, Everybody's like, nobody's mentioning, you know, the underwriting and, you know, finding the like deal criteria, raising capital, all the parts, like everything, all of that is behind the scenes. This is the homework stuff. Like, but you know, all these people just painting you guys, you know, who are watching this, the picture that it takes you to have the right mindset to go and get the deals done, you know, to get all these people like in front of the people, like, because you will feel uncomfortable hundred million times. And, you know, like maybe, maybe you're, you know, like discouraged, maybe you have too many, you know, problems in, in the family and like, there could be a hundred million things that, you know, you're facing. So like having the right mindset, like in line with the purpose, like that is clear of like specifically what you want, because what you mentioned, like to, to your wife, like, I don't know the story, how you met, what you know, your wife, but my, my story was very simple. Like, you know, I won't get you bored guys. That will be very quick, but, uh, Basically, I don't know what I was looking for until I came down this guy, Tony Robbins, that I followed yeah. after some time, you know, later, uh, long after. And this guy said, listen, you have to be, again, clear clarity. So I was like, okay, what that means. And the guy said, when you're looking for your second half, for you, if you're ready for the man or wife, you know, at, at that time, husband and wife, I was like, okay. So he said, specifically, how does she look like? Emotion, from emotional standpoint, physically, like spiritually, all of that, like very, very specific in detail. Because like same, like as your husband or wife or deals that you're looking for, you know, anything in life, if you're not clear about what you're looking for, you're not going to find it. Even when you're going to find it, you don't know that's the thing that you're looking for because you didn't know exactly what you're looking for. So just getting clear about stuff, you, that's exactly the story ended. Like we got married and because when I found that person, I was like, man, that's it. Because I'm clear. I, I knew exactly what I was looking for at that time. I love it, man. Yeah. I studied a little bit of personal development back in 2003 when I was just just leaving the world of crazy partying and stuff and trying to focus down and become a, a, you know, a, a person that focused on personal development and creating things mm -hmm. and manifesting things and using the power of attraction. And I, I went to this goal setting workshop and they told me, they're like, write down your, your 10 most important goals in life. You know, and, and I wrote down, you know, I want to become a real estate investor. I, I want to attract a family. I want to get married. I, I want a car. I want this. I want that. I want a house. I want a thing in Sedona, you know, property in Sedona. I want all these things. And they're like, well, circle the number one thing that if you only got that goal, what would that be? And I wrote down, you know, get married and have a family. Yeah, that was the one that was most important for me. And they're like, if you never focus on any other goals, but they are things that you want, and you just focus on getting the one goal, which for me was my family and my wife, then all of the other ones will come naturally as a result of what you have to be and the person you have to become in order to attract and get that goal. And I didn't buy it. I was like, that's not true, man. Like I need to be a successful real estate investor before I'm in, ever in position to attract a person into my life. And I was approaching it totally wrong, man. But yeah. a couple of things that you mentioned was like the clarity of purpose and the clarity of, of the person, the description of the person you wanted to attract. And I wrote down that description, you know, uh, Mexican, young, dancing, sexy, beautiful with no makeup, 
uh, all of those things, yeah, uh, the description yeah. of what she's like spiritually, you know, the, the fact that she comes from a place of contribution, entrepreneurial mindset. I wrote all that stuff and started focusing in and praying for that person from a place of gratitude as if she was already in my life. Yeah. You know, Wayne Dyer likes to say, contemplate your surroundings as, as if you have already gotten them. And, and I did that. And I like, I couldn't attract it for some whatever reason for many years. And I, there was times where I cried because I was so passionate. I could not find or connect with the right person. And I was like, it was frustrating. So, but the universe does things on God's timing, not on your timing. And, um, you know, I complained and cried a lot about my breakup with my real estate partner. But the truth is, is if I had not gone through that process and if the universe had not set certain things up in such a way so that I would leave this country and then go into Mexico, I would never have found her. So sometimes you just got to let go and let God and have faith that the things, assuming that you really are, are clear about what you want to attract, that they will come to you, not necessarily the way that you want to, or when you want them to, but just have faith that they will, they will come when, you know, that happened to you. You got your wife. Yeah. I got my wife. Yeah. And then, That's, you know, what's is, interesting, yeah. you know, what's interesting is once I got my wife, just like they said in that goal setting workshop back in 2003, all of the other things start coming naturally, man. I attracted a yeah. real estate partner in syndication, you know, like I, I got, you know, not my dream car, but the car that I want right now, I, I live in the place I have like dogs, freedom. I have the ability to travel all those things and the happiness, I guess happiness is a choice, but I feel so good now. Um, now that I've attracted my wife, it, yeah, yeah. You, you, you look happy, man. I, I love that. You know, your, your face is, is definitely, you know, bright and you, you look like you're in the right place, you know, because that's very important. You, you know, like if you're not a happy person inside or, you know, if you're not with the right person, what you what you said, it just like blew me away, blew me away a little bit because I went through exactly the same thing. As you mentioned, you got the list and I went through very bad relationship and actually I left the country. And because of that, I found my wife. So exactly the same story. Wow. As you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that was crazy. So, but you know, like, again, it's coming back to like being clear and just knowing things that you want, but you know, coming back to the family, like if you are with a person that may, like you're not happy with, it will suffocate the business. Like it, the business will suffer, you know, you go, how you can go and meet all these investors or look for the deals or do whatever in the deal. You, you will like, you will, you will suffer. Maybe you will be happy in the moment while you, if the real estate is your thing, I guess it, it is. If you guys are watching, like you, you're pursuing the real estate dream, you know, to become financial free or whatever the goal you have. But, you know, then it's going to be like, you're going to be happy for a couple hours and you come back home and you're sad again. So, you know, like you have to find the right partner who's going to be on the same page. Like it is super important. So I'm, I'm very happy that it happened for you. So, yeah, That's man. And you mentioned something er earlier, just for a second, you went through it really fast is your family and friends or the people that you surround yourself with maybe affecting the, your mindset? Because a lot of people, a lot of times when we're growing up, we don't, we don't choose the people that are, we're surrounded with and they may not be of the mindset or of a place where they want to support you in leaving them or doing something different than they do in order to get what you want. Uh, and a lot of times, we have to be very careful about, you know, like you said, that your network is your net worth or the five people that you surround yourself with the more the people that you become because like attracts like. So be careful about who you want to. And if you have goals that the people that you surround yourself with are not in alignment with, man, create a new circle. And I had to go through that process too, man. I hung out with a lot of people that are drinking alcohol back in the day. And I had to leave that entire circle of influence in order to to you know, find the right people to hang out with, people that were in investing, people that had successful habits, people that could elevate me, you know? Yeah. So I always like to be, uh, I like to surround myself with people who are smarter than me. I don't, I don't like to be the smartest person in the room and I approach my podcast that way. I always have somebody that's way smarter than me on the show and I'm interviewing them, trying to get information from them, never trying to tell people what to do or explain how how to do something because I don't have the same track record that they do. So man, give all the power to them. They, they're the ones that can teach. 
and coming from that that perspective that that learning perspective i think makes you a little more vulnerable and a little bit more real so people can connect with you because if you're yeah. constantly just telling people how to do something um it's been my experience that people have a hard time relating with that you know so yeah 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 they, they, definitely yeah and that's that's why i love having people like yourself on a you know uh, on a show as well because like more than real estate, I love the stories. And that that's, again, as I mentioned, that all the reading, analyzing the deals, running whatever, raising capital, like this is behind the scenes. This is where you sit down at home and write your goals down and, you know, you plan and you do stuff. But like the stories, the powerful stories, just like that, that you mentioned, finding the wife and, you know, like whatever stuff like that, that pierces people because they, they know, like they, they always can relate to the stories and it's very powerful. But going towards maybe real estate a little bit, um, again, what will be that one piece of advice? Because you mentioned, you know, a few things, again, reading and, you know, changing the, the circle where you're surrounded. But again, there's a lot of moving pieces, particularly in real estate syndication. So what would be this one piece of advice for a person who's looking to get started specifically in multifamily? Well, start learning. Uh, I mean... I guess if you're looking to get started and you haven't started yet, it's probably because you don't know how, right? Mm -hmm. So the first step would be like, hey, there's all this educational material and probably some people that you know or can have access to. Find people locally, wherever you are, it doesn't matter. There's got to be people that have the skill set that you want. And most of the time, I found that successful people are super excited to just find somebody else that wants to learn, you know, because there's so many people that it's lonely uh, at, at, you know, along the extra mile. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you don't have, you, you root for other people to come with you, but they just don't, they're stuck in their, their programming and they just go through life blindly. So when somebody is actually interested in wants to take action towards that, I think, Successful people love that, you know, and if you find somebody in your local area or even if they're not local, just reach out to them and say, hey, I'm trying to get started. Do you have advice? And some people, they may not help you because they don't know how serious you are because people don't want to waste their time. But if they, if you can prove to them that you are serious and just keep on bugging them and hanging out and proving to them that you want to actually make something of yourself or become an investor or do the same business that they do, whatever business that is, they will start to give you their time and they will happily do so because they see that you're hustling, you know, that you're yeah. Yeah. intrigued yeah. by this. Definitely. So education, that that's, that's the part everybody should start off. And I yeah, definitely so, agree. But, yeah, so you if, know, you're, if you're talking about multifamily, yeah. um, there's lots of books. Um, one thing, that I, a lot of investors, including myself, uh, struggle with is there's so much information out there. You know, if, yeah. if you're looking at real estate and then there's information and books or programs about tax lien certificates and subject twos and then rehabs and then seller financing and investing in notes and then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You just can't, you're trying to get into this industry, but you don't know, you can't pick one. And then even within multifamily, if you're, because it's a team sport, I would recommend if you're going after something that's big, you know, like these big apartment complexes, find one specific niche or aspect of the business that you can get good at. So in my case, I was like, I want to, you know, I had a little bit of success raising capital back during the day. And I see that there's an opportunity where if you can become masterful at raising capital, you can provide a lot of value to other people that may have skill sets that, that you don't have, or in my case that I don't have. I, I, I like underwriting and that stuff, but it's not something that I want to focus my energy on. And the finding and the acquiring of investment capital is almost, and some people do say it's a completely different business than the finding and the acquiring of real estate, or in my case, the finding and acquiring of multifamily properties. So I have a team in place that was really already good and had a track record at finding deals, analyzing deals, running the operations of the deals, but maybe was not so good at the social media side of things, the brand awareness, the raising capital, mm -hmm. and creating that system, that uh, investor infrastructure where you're communicating with people on a regular basis that you need in multifamily syndication. 
it's absolutely imperative. We were really approaching things from the mindset of let's find a deal and then if the deal is good enough, we can raise the capital. But what, when you get into big deals, multifamily syndication, you can't have that mindset because that may work with single family or wholesaling properties or smaller scale stuff. But when you have a deal and try and present it in multifamily syndication before having investor communications, before explaining why multifamily as, as an asset class is good, before explaining what your return structure is, then at that point, if you have a deal, it's too late because you can't find somebody and explain who you are to the point where they know, like, and trust you, and mm -hmm. then explain why multifamily is such a great asset class and all the inherent values associated to it. And then on top of that, explain what the return structure that you offer is. And then they have to understand the deal on top of that. It's too late at that point, you know, and that's what we were finding. And that's why this, this show that I launched, the Capital Razor Show, has been so imperative and so crucial for our development and our evolution because now we're learning from these people that are, are explaining to us and explaining to me particularly how they run their capital raising side of their business and they do it through all of those things. They have the communications, they reach out, they network, they meet people, they get them to know, like, and trust them, and then explain through social media posts why multifamily is a good asset class, what are the inherent values, what are the tax benefits, why cash, you know, why the cash flow is so much better in this, why having a bunch of units in one place is, is more strategic than having a hundred houses in different places, you know, from a managerial standpoint. Yeah. And then if you can explain a good structure and create a system that allows for generational wealth for your investors, then boom, you have all of that in place before you ever have a deal. And that makes raising capital a lot easier. A lot of the people that use that strategy raise money in days, you know, you hear about it, right? These people, mm -hmm. They just put out a webinar and all of a sudden they raised $20 million in six hours. And you're like, what? That's not even possible. Like you can't even comprehend how they do it, but it's very systematic actually, because it's not the webinar that sells them. All these people have already been in your, in your um, database for a long time before the webinar ever comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, great point. Definitely, I love, I love the way the way you just put out, you know, because that's what it comes down to. I mean, if nobody knows you, nobody is going to do business with you. And again, it's coming back to telling the story. I mean, who you are, what business are you running, why multifamily, and just telling the story. When and again, you have to differentiate for from a lot of people because multifamily is a big space now. There is a lot of old and new players, so. I mean, there's, there was still opportunities for everybody because there is, I mean, I don't know statistics, how many of, of companies statistically they're multifamily, but I'm sure there is enough capital for all these deals to be available. But sometimes it just could, could look like there's a little bit getting too crowded, you know? So going that direction and talking, maybe, you know, some risks like getting too crowded, a lot of new people coming up in a space and, you know, again, saying like we are at the top of the market and like everybody say, the market is going to tank, there is recession ahead or whatever, you know, the worst case scenario, you know, and people getting a little bit fearful. I'm talking about the brand new people. Let's say myself, I'm looking to get involved. Maybe I have the basic, you know, understanding education. Maybe I have, I have a few partners that I might be, you know, partnering with. And maybe we have a few deals that we can put on the contract and maybe we'll get them going. But, you know, there is a market crash coming, man. So maybe, maybe I should be concerned. Maybe I should wait it out and just, you know buy when it's you know at the bottom like what, what, what do you think about that man there's so many different directions i could go with that but i would say a lot of it boils down to your mindset and mm -hmm. if there is a crash coming let's just pretend that there is a crash coming then just underwrite your deal or associate yourself with a partner that stress tests uh, the apartment complexes as if the crash is going to happen. Like I'm not going to buy a deal. And a lot of syndicators are doing this right now. They're like, I'm not going to buy a deal unless it pencils with a crash, you know, and I'm not talking about bottom out crash like we had in 2008, but if there's a correction um, and they stress test in such a way so that it will still cash flow and the investors will still be safe with all of these, you know, economic calamities that may happen, then then that actually solves it. The other thing that I would say is that 
selecting a recession-proof investment vehicle like multifamily or storage units or RV parks or even uh, mobile home parks, these are, are some of the, the asset classes that did survive the best, uh, where people didn't you know, lose their property to foreclosure or even suffer a lot of rental loss uh, during the last economic crash. So, you know, when you put your money in stocks or some other types of investments, that can be a lot more dangerous than putting your money into something that's more recession proof, that's not gonna fluctuate with such volatility as uh, other investment vehicles. So I would say, you know, there's a lot of people on the sidelines right now waiting for an economic crash and they've been on the sidelines for, for the last four or five years and they're losing out on opportunities that are happening right before them. Yeah. Um, waiting for this, this economic change so they can take advantage of all these people, all these new syndicators that are so hungry to get into the space that may be underwriting aggressively so that when they fail, when, when they're over leveraged, they're in a position with capital to take, take them but um you know how long are you gonna wait if, yeah, if yeah exactly you, know? you you just need to get it get getting started you know right now because again what happens in, in a down cycle i mean now like the equity like the capital is available and the deal flow is maybe a little bit i mean it's harder to find good deals like i came across a few people like on you know one of those facebook groups multi-family something you know i don't remember the name doesn't matter but the guy was like look i didn't like we didn't buy anything last year. I was like, you know, because that's what's happening. I mean, it's harder and harder to find the right deals that match your buying criteria. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and when we're going to be in a down cycle, the capital won't be available. Maybe the deals will be there, but who are you going to raise the money from? Because everybody's going to be, you know, fearful and like, man, I'm not going to invest. Look, I'm just keeping this on the side for my family and we're looking to survive, you know, and just run the business maybe, you know. So, yeah. Not it, everybody. Yeah, man, it's, yeah, not everybody. Yeah, not everybody, definitely. Everybody. There is money, you know, there's, there's always people with money, especially in, in this country. It's a capitalistic country, man, and people are just running the place and they, there, there's people with that. So, but you know, there, people will be more fearful. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, I, I, said, I said the same thing to uh, Vinny Chopra and he busted me right on the spot. I'm like, <laughs> what, happen, what happens if, uh, you know, you've run out of friends and family capital and you still want, you know, how do you raise more money? And he's like, dude, first of all, you're, you got to have the mentality that money is everywhere. Money is everywhere. He even repeated it twice, you know, because he's almost like right in front of you, auto suggesting to himself and to the audience what the right mentality is to have. And he's yep. right, man. Yep. And uh, that your self-talk is so important because you're driving those thoughts that are coming right from your mouth right back into your brain and when you say there's not enough or there's people that are not going to invest with you then that's exactly what you attract man it goes back to the power of attraction so i learned from that man i try and have a positive outlook and he's right man there's more money than what you said earlier there's been deals there's always money available to park mm -hmm. if you can convince somebody that you are Mm -hmm. uh, the, a right sponsor you know not necessarily that your deal i think approaching people from like how do i convert you into my my investor is the wrong approach you always want to approach people from hey what are you looking to accomplish and yeah and, and possibly there's a solution that i can provide you for accomplishing that but if i'm coming at you without knowing what your needs are and trying to sell you into my deal that's the wrong approach man i've had numerous people come on my show and tell me that they're like you need to find out how you and your business can help somebody achieve their goals first and foremost what are their goals find yeah. out what their needs yeah. are and then you can you can help them yeah yeah definitely i mean that that's the right mindset like what you're saying the, the way you just explain the thing and this is the right mindset to have i mean when you, when you talk from the abundance standpoint there is there is two two sides i mean in me and i think people some people might have it there's logical side, positive side, and the negative side, you know, and, and all of those sometimes just combining and saying like, well, listen, yeah, it's true. Like you can get the capital, but if, if you're just fresh in a business, it might be a little bit tougher for you because again, you're missing that. There's a lot of pieces, you know, moving in the business. So there's that, I mean, it's always going to be available, but if you're going to present the way yourself, you just did right now, 
you know, from that position where I'm looking to help you, you know, accomplish your things. It, like, what, what are your goals and how I can help you, you know, with the abundance mindset, you're definitely going to win. You, you're always going to come out, you know, on a good end. So, but again, there's a bad side. There's not everybody just like that. So, of course, for you, it's good. You, you're always going to be a winner. So, I'm just feeling sad for the rest. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that's it. Cool, so, talking about, you know, um, raising the capital and you mentioned, you know, like it, it, there's always money available and, uh, you know, branding. So, I would touch, I would love to expand on that, what you mentioned, mentioned 650K in a downturn, 2008, one of the worst times, you know, real estate has faced and you were able to erase 650, so $650,000. So maybe you can talk about how you have, how have you created this brand awareness and how you, have you been able to raise this money for, for, for the company that you work with? Well, that, that track record of raising that capital is super old and outdated. And, you know, um, I think another another topic that might be of interest, maybe we can go into this, is how how to survive as the economic climate changes, right? So it's just been going uphill sure. since then, and it was so good, and it, I thought it was pretty. I didn't do anything special, like I said, I had some crappy videos with rap music playing in the background, and even that with all new. the obstacles, all with all the obstacles I placed for an investor to to want to like me. The information was just too good, man. There's the opportunity was too great. Um, buying it. at twenty thousand a unit, you're cash flowing astronomically. I wish, I wish we had just kept those deals, or at least I, I did. My partner was way better at raising capital than I was, and he didn't even use social media. He just reached out to people that he knew in his yeah. network. He had the I, I was I was able to ride his coattails and uh, share his story, and his story was powerful enough that um, people gravitated to it. And then when we split up, I had nobody with the story. So I, I had mental challenges, mental issues. Like, how do I raise capital? You know, I don't have a story. I had, the, I had you know, uh, roadblocks, mental blocks. I could have I probably worked much harder if I had the hustle inside of me at that point in time, but maybe it wasn't, I wasn't ready. Um, but, but, Raising capital and brand awareness. Um, so there's one thing that that I learned back then from a realtor, and she said because we were trying to figure out how to launch a YouTube channel and how to get a lot of hits on it. And uh, I've learned a couple things on the way, but she said the one most important thing was to just post every day, every day, every day. So. Yeah. So I would post a video and I was never that frequent, but I would get like the two, three, four times a week. And then the other thing that I've realized since then is people's attention is pretty short. So if you can keep the, the clip to 10 minutes or less, yeah. I've noticed one thing, like I have a podcast and I full, I put out the full clip on YouTube and it gets no traction. So like when people are, are on a podcast, they like to absorb better information through their ears when they're working out or driving or doing other things. And what worked for me back then for raising capital is not effective today uh, because my branding through the podcast is not a medium that people want to watch. It's something that they want to listen to. I mean, some people are more successful than others. I guess it depends on how big your network is and, and how good your content is. Mm -hmm. But back then, man, 10 little 10 minute clips on what we were doing with, with some uh, catchy music in the background worked very effectively for getting the message out and then cross posting uh, on the, the other social media. I think back then we didn't have a lot. Of, I didn't use LinkedIn back then. I just, we didn't have Instagram back then. Wow. Um, we just basically did it on Facebook and YouTube. That's those, those were the two mediums. And today I'm using LinkedIn a lot more. I'm using um, Instagram a lot more and I still use Facebook, but the thing with Facebook is sometimes uh, a lot of people are on there not to learn about real estate and, and yeah, some yeah, people yeah. are, believe me, like I know Adam Adams is, is very effective using Facebook for, for marketing, yeah. but I, I focus primarily on using my podcast, um, using Instagram and using LinkedIn, you know, to connect with people. Yeah, yeah, de definitely. So what will be your, like your one piece of advice, maybe you have a favorite kind of a platform on your, I know you, you probably have it too. Again, you said you use Facebook and 
now you transition to LinkedIn using that more. So what would be your favorite kind of one? And maybe, maybe not the favorite, maybe the one that you would recommend for somebody who's kind of on entry point into this business. I, I have, I have a great answer for you and it's none of the above, man. It's something that we, we referred to earlier as thought leadership. So blog. So first of all, networking, building your database, however you're going to build it, but then having some content to provide writing a blog. I'm not good at writing, so I don't do that, but, writing a blog or having a podcast or constantly sharing information with the level of consistency and intention. Um, that's the big thing. If you're constantly producing material, things that are compelling to people, things that you find compelling and you're broadcasting that out via social media, via um, your newsletter, via communications, via MailChimp, via whatever communication style you have, but the more that you post that, you're being a thought leader within your own investor database. But if you can actually take that and then broadcast it on social media, that's lots of power. I think the decision, Ellie Perlman said it on my show, it all starts with the thought to become a thought leader. And yeah. that can be done through blogging, writing, writing articles, uh, posting on even bigger pockets or other real estate forums. Uh, and for me, it's LinkedIn and my podcast. Those are those are my forms of thought leadership. And it used to be scary, man, to consider myself a thought leader. I was just like Joe Joe Sixpack, you know, on on a uh, on the street corner of my house, hanging out with my wife with no track record and no background. How could I potentially be a thought leader? So, but I knew one thing was that, like, from my meetups, I can interview people and have people that are authorities. And then people, for whatever reason, because you're the one in charge, give you the credit. Yeah. So between that and the YouTube channel, thought leadership doesn't have to be you being the leader. The it can best. be yeah. just it can it can be you interviewing people, yeah. and that makes you a thought leader, even though you're not the one that's creating the thoughts. Exactly. So that, exactly. that's very powerful. Become a thought leader is, is number one. And then in terms of which platform. Um, I guess all of them. Uh, I asked, let's see, I interviewed Neil Bawa and I'm like, what's the best marketing form? He's like, well, it's a combination of all of them. You have to use all of them. The more hits that you have, the more places that people see you, the more effective your campaign is going to be. If you're just like focused on the best one, LinkedIn, you know, and not on the rest, then that makes you less effective. So I would say yeah. it's a combination of using all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need leverage definitely use, using them all, but Again, like some of you are watching this and thinking like, my God, it all sounds good on the surface, but behind the surface, there's a lot of work. Man, man I'm going to go and look at the deals, man. Come on. We, we're not even starting in the real estate. Like, you know, it's, it's work. That, that's what it is. I mean, it's business and it's work. Like well, what yeah. you said. Determine what, what part is going to be yours. I mean, because yeah. there's people, is, is it going to be investor relations and meeting and talking to people and brand awareness and social media and raising yeah. capital? Or are you going to focus on, you know, finding and acquiring deals and dealing with brokers and meeting people that help you find and acquire real estate? You know, what is going to be your specialty? You can't do it all by yourself, man. Select one part exactly. or, or interview a team of investors that may have something and try and find out where they may lack and see if you can provide that for them mm. or decide what it is that you gravitate to and then offer that to people or try and find people that may need that specific service. In my case, brand awareness and raising capital. Yeah, yeah, it got it. Cause it's super important. Cause I love that you brought that up because again, like I know number of people in my head, even right now, I see their faces and they're like, man, like I'm look, I'm just starting in, you know, the business, it could be a construction, whatever. And they're like, you know, like I'm gonna do everything by myself. Like, man, are, are you gonna be, are you talking about starting the business or just, being a solo parent, like what are you trying to be? You know, because like what you mentioned, Neil Bawa, I, I know he's big into delegating tasks to VAs and yeah. doing all of that to Philippines. I mean, you know, there's hundreds of ways that you can, you know, delegate tasks to, you know, freelancers, people who write blogs that they, they can like do the video for you, like Instagram posting, like, you know, we, we do that work again. So, but you know, you can delegate these and instead of focusing on these, you know, boring things which for some of you who are watching maybe think they're boring for you maybe that's not what you would like to do instead of that underwriting deals or go and finding you know the deals raising capital like delegate these tasks you know do, you know 
don't don't be afraid to pay the money like for some people because again of course do the diligence if you like the company not like move on and find that but like pay the money because like without that how are you going to expand the business like don't try to be the the solo guy like i'm going to do everything by myself like it's it's stupid like i i don't like i don't like that at all so that's a good point yeah what about what about the mentorships you know because i know there's a lot of like six figure five figure mentors around there i mean good people i mean some of those people are sophisticated have the business they're active in the business you know but the people who are looking to get involved into the business again should they consider that or you know what will be the adoption for them if if not that like what what are your thoughts about getting a mentor my thoughts are explore it particularly if you don't have any money you th- you might think to yourself well that program cost $25,000 i'm not even going to look at it well dude just by interviewing them and finding out who the different companies are that offer things and and asking them first of all they can't sell you because you're not qualified to buy. So why not interview them? Find out what it is that they teach. And then you can kind of gravitate to the people that they have taught and then maybe find out who their students are and then look for opportunities to work with them. Because they may, they may have already taken that knowledge and, and have started applying it. Um, but some of the programs, the really cool aspect of them is they come with communities and those communities uh, may be interested in providing you some of the things that you lack. Um, I'm almost interested in, in going to a program just to surround myself with the people that have capital within that. That's the Think Multifamily program. I'm, I'm pretty excited about mm-hmm. those guys, although I'm not sure that I'll ever sign up with them. Um, I highly respect those guys. And then there's certainly ones, um, even from a coaching perspective, that, that they don't even teach real estate, but they, they coach you up in whatever it is that you want to do, that's not a bad option either. But yeah, I, th- I think those are great avenues, man. Um, I don't know that you need it. You could probably find somebody and align with them and provide value to them and, and figure it out. Or even yeah. like people need work done that's very tedious. And te- if you can offer them to be an intern and then they teach you a little bit of real estate on the side, uh, I think that could be very effective. Um, but yeah, don't don't be like, I can't afford that, so I'm not even going to talk to him. You know, it's almost like from from a lawyer perspective. You know, for people that are creating um, tax sheltered structures and LLCs and businesses, you know, on a very high level, a lot of people will say, "Well, I, I can't. You know, I don't need that right now, so I'm not even going to bother to learn it." Well, learn it now, and then when, as you grow and become more successful, then you you can apply it. But if you don't have the knowledge of it, you'll you'll be starting from, from a place where you may have to rip it down if you build it, yeah. build it the wrong way going from, from the beginning. So definitely. I don't know if that answers your questions, but yeah, I'd, I'd I definitely say does, yeah. go, go reach out to a bunch of people, interview them, and then find out people that are already, take them out to lunch or ask them some questions, uh, see if you can get them on the phone and yeah. find out more about how they got started or what they may need or if you can intern for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's solid advice. You know, like every, you know, that, that's the first one probably I heard somebody saying, go and get this potential mentor on a podcast interview, interview him, ask a bunch of questions. Again, you're coming from a very creative, you know, place. So I, I definitely love that, man. Thanks. Thanks for the advice. I think it's going to help sure. a lot of people. You know, it's still going to be scary because some of you, again, who are watching, maybe you don't have a podcast, but this is one of the free ways that you can, again, learn learn the business you can ask any question that you want so you're getting free education on the spot again you're expanding your network more people are gonna know you but more more more, what's most important more more people are gonna go like they're gonna know who you are and you're gonna know them so because that's that's what important like for me this is number one you know like i don't know what you guys think maybe you can post that in the comments like but when i brought up i brought up this question a couple of times maybe i'll bring this because i get, we probably will know the answer by now because i i kind of said it but if there will be hundred like a million dollars here on the table and hundred friends like million friends any day million friends like all over the world if they're you know happy they're wealthy you know i'll pick up like every day because your network, like imagine having all these people, like if you're like raising capital or you just travel places and you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm coming to, to Switzerland just to ski on the mountains. Oh, sure, Martin, please come in, you know, and just not because the free rent that they're going to provide, 
but the connections, man, connections and the memories. Because at the end of the day, where we are going to go at some point of a time. And when, you, when you're going to go, you're not going to remember, man, I remember I closed the deal, a 250-unit deal. You will be like, man, do you remember we had these great times with my wife or husband and we traveled these places? Because that's what, at the end of the day, that's what's important, the memories and, and the, all the life experiences. So that's what I like. That, that's, in, my, in my opinion, you know, people and friends are, are, you know, the most important thing in the world. So again, for the people who are watching, thinking like, man, mentoring is a good thing. I know, you know, you can get a lot of valuable things from those people, even though they charge six figures or whatever, you know, I, I got a person, he said 75 bucks an hour. I mean, you know, there's different, you know, high end and low end, but you know, maybe I don't have the 75 bucks, man. Maybe Ruben can recommend me three business books because I can scrape 20 bucks and go and grab me a few books on Amazon. So what will be those three business, personal development, real estate type of books that you would recommend? Um, if we're going personal development, I like The Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. It talks about manifestation and using intention to create things. It talks about ego. Uh, a lot of things that on a spiritual level I really resonate with. Um, the, a lot of people say Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which which to me now makes a lot of sense. But when I first read it, it's just like I didn't understand it, man. Um, but I read another one of his books that I'll recommend right now. It's called The Master Key to Riches. I read Think and Grow Rich first, didn't understand it, and then read master key to riches and, and that one i resonated a little bit more and then once i absorbed that one i went back and read think and grow rich and i was more easily able to absorb it so uh i think the obvious one is rich dad poor dad that one's a uh, pretty mind altering and and belief shattering in terms of liabilities and, and putting things in in your assets that provide cash not take cash out of your pocket and I think there's one, oh, the cash flow quadrant. Yeah. And uh, here's another one that I highly, highly recommend, although it's not fantastically interesting or easy to, to read. I guess it's easy to read, but it's not super interesting. Unless you really focus on the concepts that it teaches, then it becomes extremely fascinating. And that's called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. That one really talks about placebo effect and the power of the brain to attract things into your life that you may not believe you're able to attract on a very scientific level. So I recommend those books. Man, I'm just, I'm just looking up on my phone currently because I know I read one of his books and I'm very happy that you're reminded of, about this man. Because I remember I read one of his books. I can't remember what, what was the name. I thought I'm gonna find it because I thought you're gonna go longer with your answer, but that's but that's perfectly fine because, like what I'm saying, great books, like all these books, and I love because the way you talk and the way you present yourself, like calm, then people can sense that, like calm personality, sense of direction, you know, like very like elegant, and you know, it's it, like oh, I love it, you, man. Dude. It's it's a, <laughs> like yeah, it's a great vibe. Yeah, it's, it's a great vibe, definitely. And people can resonate with that. And, you know, it's it's good. But that's what it takes because, you know, like, I'll just be honest. Like, before we spoke, like, that was longer. Like, you, you, you were a little bit different. And now, again, like, doing podcasts and just doing stuff and just implementing yeah. all the personal. Like, I can sense that. Like, that was not that long ago, actually. I mean, you were in a, like, in a good place then. But now I can feel like, whoa, like, this man is, like, really expanding his presence like and he just really like owns what he is and now he has like sense of direction and i mean look at the studio for for, for christ's sakes i mean look, look at this look at this and compare to that so hey it, dude i i started a spare bedroom with just a laptop no microphone even so it can grow fast as long as you yeah. put the right people on your show and provide some content yeah yeah exactly so th that's just to show you the power of self-belief, you know, personal development, having the vision, the clarity, and just going towards your goals. And, you know, that, that's, that's, that's going to bring you up a big time. So, you know, talking about the goals and vision and all these things, uh, again, 2020, kind of fresh, brand new year. So maybe you can share a few business uh, personal goals that you're looking to accomplish for this year. Man, us personally, man, what we are focused on right now and particularly me and a couple other people, is the creation of this thing that we call the Capital Razor Machine. 
And essentially, because of, of our previous business model of raising capital, it, it was so ineffective once we got big. And in order for us to scale, we have to tear everything down and rebuild it. So that's what we are focused on right now. What I would like to have is about uh, you know, a, a thousand to 2000 people database mm -hmm. and an infrastructure where we're effectively communicating and somebody in-house that's staying top of mind, present, out, you know, at least once a month on a phone call or at least uh, a mail campaign where people are constantly hearing about us. And honestly, man, uh, your services or somebody that could provide services like you would be a, a tremendous benefit because I do all of my own video editing and that's super time consuming. It prevents me from connecting with people. Um, and that connecting with people is a, is a job all its own. Um, if I can start to get that automated and outsource some of that information, I think those would be my huge goals. They're not, they're not even financial goals. I would say on a longer term scale, we're very much in alignment. The, the people in this, in this company, Bakerson, we want to own about 10,000 multifamily units. Wow. So if, if we, if we can, you know, get the system in place to build the foundation then we'll, we'll get there. I mean, particularly with the yeah. amount of connections that we're making through the podcast. I mean, yeah. e even if we're just learning from them and don't partner with them, which I, we're creating a lot of synergies with. You're getting exposed. Yeah. You're getting exposed. Yeah. You like you, you're leveraging their network at the same time. So and, maybe, maybe, and some of those people, again, who are maybe they are in their network and maybe they're more sophisticated and established having more assets under management, but they just not resonate with them, some of those people, and they're just gonna go towards you or some other people. And, and I mean, you know, cause it's, it's, again, that's what I'm saying, like, because the way you present yourself, maybe so, like some people will resonate with you rather than with Bob, who's just, you know, like pushing all the time, you know, like people talking like Grant Cardone, you know, the hat, and people like, some people, they, they just don't do the business because of that, because he just hammers on people all the time. So some of the people might be coming towards you and saying, like, listen, like, I like you because you're calm and you, the way you present yourself. So it, what you're saying, yeah, it's, it's basically there's money for everybody. And I'm sure you're going to reach the goal. But what you said, the key words, systems in place. So how fast you can put that in and just, you know, delegate the tasks and just focus on the things that matter, which is like doing the podcast, getting out yourself out there and just building the network, of course, with the leverage of social media. So before again we wrap up i want to just big thank you man it's it's been a true pleasure to have you on i mean yeah, it's been phenomenal man this is probably the the best conversation i've ever had because i get to talk instead of you know yeah, ask yeah. people questions that's been, that's been <laughs> in a long time I've, right i've, I've been on a couple of podcasts and, and like the first couple ones are scary you don't know what you're talking about and i feel I'm glad that I got those first couple out the way because now I could be a little bit more natural with you and just yeah 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 oh you you're you're a natural great. on the podcast I'll tell you you I don't know if there's a natural podcast host out there but you're one of them I'm sure because oh, yeah, the way man. you do the interviews the way you present yourself right here I imagine you know because I've seen a couple of them you know so mm -hmm. I'm of course guys I'm gonna put put some links down below that you can go and, and subscribe to the channels follow on iTunes of course and just see the way he interviews people i mean it, it, it's mastery man you're, you're getting to these levels it's it's beautiful to watch man so i'm, I'm a oh, fan definitely thanks man dude don't so, go and listen, don't go and listen to my first couple episodes because i sucked <laughs> you know i was like um every other word um 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 and what do you think of um and then the other thing was i like try to read questions and when somebody would stop talking i'd have to break this awkward silence and then read the you know figure out a way to transition into the next question i threw that all out dude and, and just started asking people based off questions based off of what they were saying so that's yeah, a lot yeah, easier yeah. for me yeah yeah that definitely it makes it makes the conversation to flow more kind of natural and yeah that then you discover those more in-depth questions that you want to ask instead of just what's your name What's your underwriting? Like kind of the same, you know, yeah. how, like how many questions are, are there that you can ask actually, you know, like a real estate investor? There's like kind of the same questions, but if you make it personal and you ask those type of personal questions, just like you said, you know, just get, get rid of those written questions and just asking those on the spot, that, that makes the conversation gold. And that's why your podcast is became the way it is right now. So, and I definitely recommend people go and go, go and check it out. And you're going to learn 
a lot about investing and first of all how to do a proper podcast to to have some guests you know guest show um hosts you know or people on your podcast as well so what will be the social media platforms coming back to that that people can go and engage with you ask questions investing how to create a podcast how to raise money real estate investing what those would yeah. be People can reach out to me. Uh, there is another person on this planet named Ruben Greth, and he lives in Toronto. So if you find someone in Canada with that name, that's not me. <laughs> but um, I'm on Facebook, Ruben Greth, uh, on Instagram as, as um, what is it called? It's uh, the, the form. I don't know. You find me at Capital Raiser. That's where you can find me. You is don't have to worry, man. Greth? You don't have to worry. All the links are down below, guys. You you know already. Like just 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 click click the links and you're gonna find them. You know, like I did all the work for you, so we don't have to worry about that. But he's available all over the place, and that's what matters. So go go yeah. ahead. And him. Check us out on our website too at Bakerson uh, Bakerson.com, I should say, mm-hmm. um, or follow us as a company on Instagram Bakerson Capital. Or find us on Instagram, or I should say on Facebook and LinkedIn. We're also under Bakerson there. Got it, got it. Again, everything is included. All you mentioned and more is, is included in the links down below. Again, you know, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, it's been a true pleasure, like I told you, you know, to have you on the show today and just discuss, you know, it's probably one of the best shows I, I had so far. I mean, you know, and I had some pretty big players on the game, but I love what you're saying about, you know, the mindset and just getting, you know, focused and, having that sense of direction and like clarity, which is like the key in business and life, you know, that that's what it comes down to, you know, like, you know, find like you find your wife and you just, you know, find the most important thing in life and it go, just goes from there, you know, and like, like those stories, I, ju- I just love it, you know, and I think, you know, people can resonate with that and they feel exactly the same, you know, way that I do. So really appreciate you, you know, being on the show. Right on Martinez, man. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me on the show, man. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So you already know what to do. Click like, subscribe to the channel. Of course, of course, go and check it out. The Rubens YouTube channel as well. iTunes, all, all the stuff. And, uh, you know, it's a true pleasure to have you on. And guys, as always, I'm just going to see you on the next episode. So appreciate it. Yeah, man. And if you ever want to go see my old crappy rap videos that I used to raise 625000 you can find us at Phoenix Real Estate Investors on youtube those are those are kind of funny but still still relevant actually to today that is awesome man that, that's a that's a good finish off for the podcast man I, I'm, I'm just curious to go and find it now myself so <laughs> all right man enjoy awesome. the rest thank of your day you. dude thanks again thank you very much take care man